Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 377 for Tuesday, the 9th of December, 2014. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Kelsey Jensen. Today, I'm, I'm excited because 3D printing is making its way to mainstream consumers, home printers that you can print at home. And we've got Tom here from Poio 3D. He's going to demonstrate one of those 3D printers to us today. We're going to talk to him about their new family-friendly, kids-safe 3D printer in just a couple of minutes' time. Excited about that. Me too. Sasha Dermatis, how are you? Great. Hi, Ravi. Hey. Hello. Here is what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. The situation at Sony Pictures following a hack attack is much worse than originally thought, with personal information, social security numbers, and even home addresses being compromised, not just for staff, but even actors. IBM has found a way to reduce e-waste, help less fortunate, and provide cheap power. Sounds like a win-win. British chip designer Imagination has produced bare bones compu- a bare-bones computer to compete with the Raspberry Pi. And Lin- in Linux gaming news, Bioshock Infinite may be coming to Linux. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. your host, Robbie Ferguson. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm Robbie Ferguson and I'm joined today by uh, Tom and Matthew Zelenka who are a part of uh, this company that's manufacturing this. It's called Poio. I'm going to get you to talk all about it, but this is cool. This is this is a lot smaller than I was expecting. Yeah. It's nice to have you two here. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure to be here today. Can you tell us about uh, about the company and what it is that you're doing with Poio? Well, what... I guess to start out, how we started out is, is a number of uh, different families who, who just love technology. And... Uh, when we looked at the world today, we saw a changing environment where 3D printing was really a transformational technology, changing anything in terms of manufacturing or how parts are made to uh, how parts will be delivered. I mean, today, a company may you know, make a pair of shoes and they'll make 20 different sizes and six different colors. And 80% of those will end up sitting on the shelf, mm. right? Not being purchased and being sold off. That's at, interesting. I've never, I've never yeah. thought that. So, so imagine, imagine the day, and it's probably not too far off, yeah. where you, know, you order a pair of shoes on Amazon or, or, or wherever your favorite site, and you pick the size, the color, and it just gets printed right there and then. So there's no waste, no. right? And, uh, and, and, and the product is fit exactly to you. Is this the dream? Is this... Well, the it's the dream, but it's printing? it's probably not not too far not for home necessarily three D printing, but but in general, right? So, there's cars being three D printed, and you know, at a recent car show, a whole car was printed in about forty hours, 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there, there's all kinds of applications in healthcare from printing, you know, heart valves that fit right. perfectly to tooth implants to all kinds of things. Uh, to even even in conf- confectionaries to printing chocolate bars that are you know in just the right shape right with the heart and whatever your name on it very cool so the applications are so widespread and what we wanted to do is is have our you know have our kids just really introduced to this technology which is so transformational for the future mm-hmm. and uh, and when we looked out there at what was available in terms of 3d printers we found either they were probably too expensive compared to what we wanted to pay or, or, or able to pay really as sure, a family yeah. with the number of kids. Well, they're tr- traditionally used for commercial Co- and tradi- industrial use. Exactly. Right? Yeah, traditionally, and, and that's the other thing. Traditionally, they were, that you know, traditionally, typically you'll see they're very industrial looking so big with lots of bolts and, and black and looks like it should fit in a factory more than in the home. Mm-hmm. So we worked with some very talented um, engineers to, to put together, like 3D print engineers, to put together what, what we thought would be a good vision for a printer that we would we would love to have at home and have our kids be able to use, be safe enough, yeah. and fit in a home environment. And so we made, you know, essentially what is the POEO 3D. And, uh, and we loved it so much, and our family loved it so much, and the market research that we did with other kind of families, they thought, you know, it's great. So we thought, well, you know, why not, why not let other families benefit from that as well? And it's, it's truly a great, great, great thing to have at home. Like, I mean, kids, kids love to um, you know, play with toys, obviously, but it's so much more rewarding when, when they can make their own toys as opposed to just, just buy them, right? And, yeah. uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but I mean, there's, there's thousands and thousands of things you can download online and, and print out. But that was the, basically the foundation of how we, uh, how we got started. Very cool. Yeah. You, Pick up. Go ahead. Yeah. The, one of the questions that I wanted to ask is <clears throat> how accurate... Uh, the POEO 3D is, and looking at these kinds of models, I, I assume that these yeah. were printed on the POEO 3D. Correct. Yes. The the level of detail is incredible. Yeah, yeah. So so see that at home, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you can in. zoom in on that, but basically the the way it works is uh, yeah, you can you can open and close the jaw. Yeah. So this is printed as multiple pieces. Yeah, that's printed as, as uh, yeah four different pieces: the the, the upper and lower part yeah. of the jaw, and then the, the stand is two different pieces. Cool. But um, the way the way the three D printer works, you can imagine um, almost like you might build a skyscraper, where you build one level of the skyscraper at a time, right. and one builds on top of the other. Except not the, that I've ever built a skyscraper. Well, but, but I understand but, the concept. So you understand the concept, yes. yeah. So. So, but the way it works is one level of our skyscraper, it's thin as a piece of paper. It's about one-tenth of a millimeter. So in terms of the precision, that, that's kind of how, how, how exact it is, like up and down. And, um, and left and right, it's, it's pretty similar. It's that level of precision. So it's, now, it's quite precise. You brought your son Matthew with you. I did, yes. And I, I see you've got both your hands. So this, this thing has got to be... <clears throat> I, I'm afraid of this with my ki- my kids because I've seen yeah. the laser cutters and the yeah. way that 3D yeah. printers work. How do you ensure that my kid is not going to? Yeah, and and get yeah. Hurt? Well, I mean that that's definitely one of the things that that we took into account. Let's talk about it in just a second. But Ma- sorry, Matthew, can I get you to actually show us how this thing works? Sure. Because I, I understand that yeah. this is this is a safe unit for kids to use. Yeah, and, and easy too. That was yeah. the other aspect. It's wide open. There's no no glass here. Yeah. It's wide open, but it's it's not um, it's not so fast moving that the pinch point would create a uh, a big hazard. You go ahead, Matthew. But yeah. why don't you go ahead Your and start and it? Talk yeah. about the safety of this device. Yeah, 
And what we've done is, is some 3D printers um, require an enclosed environment where yeah. it's kept very hot and or... Um, actually, Matthew, maybe show how yeah. it works. Yeah, I'm yeah. Actually, sorry, I don't. I don't mean to step up. <clears throat> I'm really yeah. interested in the, yeah, the safety have, of this. Yeah. Having three young kids at home, uh, but this is, this yeah. is neat. What software are you using here, Matthew? Uh, the Poio 3D software. Oh, so you have a yeah. proprietary software that? Yeah, it's a software that comes with it. So basically, I mean, you can speak yeah. to it, but he, he just kind of dragged in a part. Yeah. Okay. Like or I said, there's really many parts. Part. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks very much uh, like a blender kind of. Uh, like yeah. Blender 3D kind of interface. Yeah, and then and then you can make things different sizes. You can scale. Yeah, them. you can size it like this, zero point three. Can you see the screen? Make it okay? even smaller. That's neat. Oh, so you can actually yeah. scale on the screen how big you want this thing to print. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can figure out how big you want it. So is the idea I could I could buy yeah. this toy? If you or could find we it. could have a Category 5 3D model logo, yeah. and people with yeah. this printer could then print one and exactly. have it yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. And you would just press run, and it would start heating up. It starts heating up. How hot does this thing get? Am I going to uh, get burnt sitting so close? No, I don't think you have to really worry. The, o- the only thing that heats up is, is a tip that's right in, inside, and, and okay. you, you can't actually really access it very easily. And um, it, it it heats up, and it's almost a little bit like a hot melt glue gun. You can imagine, so that okay. so, so that plastic that's coming out into the top right. warms up, and uh, and then takes the shape of wherever the printer moves around. So, so this the is printer hot, hot plastic. Is there any tos- uh, toxicity? <clears throat> to the- no. So the material that we've chosen, it's actually um, it's something called uh, polylactic acid, which is complicated. But what it is is. Um, it's something made out of uh, uh, cornstarch or, or renewable resources. So essentially, what it, what it's made out of is um, something that's biodegradable. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, if these things ever actually end up in in the dump, they'll just biodegrade in in a fairly really? you know short okay. period of time. Yeah. That's good thinking because one of the things that I think with a having a home three D printer, I know my kids are going to get into the software. They're going to print yeah. a thousand of these, yeah. Yeah. and Dad's going to come along and go, "Okay, well, yeah. what do we do with a thousand yeah. of these?" Yeah, and I don't want to see these kind of things fill yeah. up a landfill. Well, that, that's exactly it, right? So they're almost like they'll biodegrade fairly quickly. So what's happening right now? So right now, it's um, it has to it has to come up to temperature, so it, okay. so it builds the uh, so it can build the plastic. Yeah. And so it'll take a minute or so to do that, and eventually it'll start. Uh, it'll start printing our little our little octopus. Uh, Matthew, do you mind grabbing that spool there, yeah. just so I can show the viewers at home? Um, yeah, because you can't see this. Yeah. There's a, a wire of plastic going back to a spool that is running <coughs> on the back of the printer, and it's all solid blue. Uh, and I see a solid yellow here. Yeah, so this is solid yellow, and it almost looks like um, it's a little bit thicker than a fishing line. Okay. But it's closer to um, if you have a weed whacker, that kind of a, right. a line. Okay. Yeah. But the uh, the other the other interesting thing about this material is that um, it doesn't it doesn't smell when it's heated. So for any of those people that have been in like a plastic factory and it yeah. really smells plasticky, That's what I'm you, you, plastic. yeah, you don't want that in your right. home, right? So it doesn't yeah. smell like that because of the material that it is and what it's made from. It uh, it doesn't give off an odor like that. That's good because yeah. that's a smell yeah. that you you know it gets in your furniture it gets in yeah you don't you don't want you don't want that in your home, home. never yeah idea. absolutely <clears throat> so the accuracy of the printer how is there a, a way that you measure like I think graphically I think dots per inch and how do you measure accuracy yeah so so typically the way it's measured is um is 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 in terms of 
uh, how, how thick the resolution is. So in, in this case, our resolution is, is 0.1 of a millimeter, which ends up being... That's small. It's like a thickness of a piece of paper. And that, wow. that's in the Z. And the X, Y's is, directions, it's pretty similar. Is, okay. Right. You've got to, this is totally yeah, different from printing. Yeah. You've got to think in three dimensions. Yeah, you've got to think in all dimensions, right? Yeah. So you have accuracy this way and this way and this way. But it, it's, it's quite accurate in all the different dimensions. And so you can see some of these, uh, some of these parts. Yeah. Even, okay, so this, even, is actually, even, this is levitated. Yeah, so what happens is the platform comes up to the first... To, How close to, in to, can we get here to see what's actually happening here? Yeah, wow. so so it comes into the first layer, yeah. and it'll start printing that, and then that platform moves down a little bit for each subsequent layer until it uh, until it kind of prints out the whole uh, whole piece of uh, material. And you're asking about accuracy, so something like this. <clears throat> I don't know if you can zoom in on that, but it's like a little. Well, look at that. It's it's like it's a little like a robot, yeah, a little robot toy, and it print it printed in like one one go basically. Yeah. And and for it to be able to move after. Like all the little joints have to have a little space between them, right? And so it's accurate enough to keep, you know, keep such a right. such a little space that it still so works. So when this came off the printer, was it in this? <coughs> That's it. You yeah. You didn't have it's to like, snap it together. You didn't have to. No, it, it didn't Look snap that, together. Folks. You just have to spread it apart so it starts the moving. The hands move. The yeah. head moves. The head moves. Yeah. And the interesting thing on that little piece too mm-hmm. is you, you can you can change the color. So. It was printing yellow, and then we just switched the color, and then it would and print. The head. Uh, it would, the head would print in out a different color. In one, f- yeah, in one fell swoop, and it, yeah, and it articulates. Yeah, it articulates. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's, um, so it's a fairly accurate uh, machine to be able to do that. It's, I mean, it's similar accuracy to what you'd see in the industrial printers, sure, that are of the same uh, type. Okay. <clears throat> so, the the spools that you're using to do this, mm-hmm. one of the things with. 3D printing, I assume that there is a fair... You're looking at the the consumables could potentially cost a fair bit of money. One would think, yeah. One would think, but the other aspect that we're, we're trying to do here is, is to make it affordable not only to to purchase, but then to subsequently yeah. use. Because obviously... That's the, the thing. You could the, buy one and then yeah. it'll sit on the shelf because it's yeah. too expensive to... Yeah. To my, like my color laser printer at home that costs me more to buy the refills than it does to the original yeah. printer. How does that make any sense? But, but here, it's, it's, it's not really that way. So a spool of material will cost, um, you know, probably about $25, but it'll, it'll run you a long way. That so, big spool that we see there? Yeah, yeah a spool oh, okay. of, of that size. And any of these things that are on the table, like this yep. little little car, for example, that you know you can move and play around with, sure. you know, probably about two dollars of material. Wow. You know, a little, a little, you know, rose. I mean, you think about a car, and you think, okay, well, two dollars, so I, I can buy a car cheaper than. But the the lesson that the kids are learning, yeah. and, the, and the skills <coughs> that they're developing in in uh, creating these three D models, there's there's value in that as well. Well, that, that's that's where that's where we see the value is actually the, the kids um, learning about three D modeling themselves. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's if we had more time, we could do it as well. But I mean, Matthew, for example, you know, he printed out his own nameplate, okay. or made um, bookmarks with, with 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 your name kind of cut into yeah. it. So Matthew, how do you <coughs> for his friends that? at Are school? Are you creating three D models yourself? Yeah. Does the software assist you with that? Well, there's another software that w- that I use to like make it my own. Yeah. So you can create yeah. your own yeah. products and or like a cup, right? Yeah. And a cup and things like that. So, cool. so the kids are not only learning 
you know, to make toys, yeah. but it, it's an investment actually into their future so they can conceptualize, you know, 3D shapes and models and actually learn the skills that one day as they grow up yeah. and kind of enter, you know, society as productive human beings, they'll be able to actually use those skills down the road as well. Yeah. You mentioned cups, um, just as a bit of a side question that that raises. Is, is the product safe to drink out of, for example? Or if it, it's if, more if it's if well, it's more for show. Cups. And I mean, my uh, you know my my daughter has some cups for her for her dolls, like a little tea oh, yes. set and so oh, forth. Cool. All right. But I mean, it, you know, as long as it's not hot. I mean, you wouldn't want to put hot coffee, but just for water just and like things any like that. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be fine for that. Cool. Uh, how much is uh, this whole kind of kit to get started and, and get you set up? Yeah, to get started, um, so right now we're, we're offering uh, our, our, our customers a pre-order. So as we get started, and that will cost in Canadian dollars, $649, including, really? including tax, which gets you started as uh, the printer, a roll of filament, yep. and the software that you need to get started. So you just uh, start that. And we're, we'll also, we're also developing another aspect that we think is important is, is the education around this. Yeah, I'm curious about yeah. when Matthew's talking about creating his own products and things. Like how, if I sat down with this, I would be a little bit lost with 3D software. That's it. How, yeah. How do you go about? Well, that's letting it, this, people know how yeah, to use the product. Yeah. So this is what we're doing: is we're developing, and, and as part of the package, will be kind of this online education center that we'll offer okay. our customers, where where, where there will be um, kind of a lifetime of of material in terms of how to use the product. Yeah how to do little projects, how to get started, mm-hmm. how to, you know, troubleshoot or how to do little projects like this where you can like scan your child's head, really? right? To create create a bust and then Isn't print it out and then you can... Could you do the President of the United States? You, you could, yeah. So you can make your own bobblehead if you really want. So how did you do this, Matthew? Uh, you you'd have like a program... An app on the iPhone, and you would take yeah. pictures all around with your iPhone. Yeah, yeah, what? yeah. yeah so you didn't need a connect sensor or anything to do yeah. a three D bust. No, yeah. Man, so yeah, so, so there's an app for iPhones where you can, or, or Android, yeah. I'm sure as well, where you can um, you, you take pictures around, and it oh. creates a three D image that you can then print after. So it's projects like and that where we can create. Into, yeah, so. you, you can import it. Yeah, yeah, See, exactly. That, that uh, for the educational aspect of yeah. doing a project like that. Yeah. Uh, really makes me think of this in the educational sector, uh, especially as 3D printing and manufacturing is flowing toward 3D printed parts for yes. automobiles, as you mentioned. And, yeah, and for anything, yeah. Pretty much anything, machine yeah. parts, and, and everything is going that way. And there's, there's uh, you know, there, there are those that are, have been in the trade for many, many years who see it as... Uh, you know, when ATMs came in, the banks all didn't like it because yeah. they were losing tellers. And yeah. So here, you know, tradespeople lose jobs to 3D printing. But the the new generation, with something like this in the classroom, can be trained Abs- with the skill set in yeah. order to be able to take those jobs that are operating these new machines. It's just, it's the same job. It's yeah. just a different way of it doing just, it. Yeah. It's people doing different things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we definitely see this as an important area. And um, <clears throat> the other thing that we're, we're looking to do is develop educational programs that will fit with the curriculum at school. Okay. Yeah, so you can imagine some of the different endpoints that exist in the curriculum. Like, for example, there might be a section on, on, uh, on gears and pulleys. Right. Right? So in, when did you oh. do that in grade, grade four or five? 
So, so you can imagine it's it's great to see that in the classroom. Um, you know how a gear and pulley might work in a in, in, in a textbook. Yeah. And a picture is worth a thousand words. So, so you can imagine if the children are actually able to you know create you know their own things like that. gears, right, and put them together and make them you know make them work. No. Yeah, make them work. It's it's a lot more uh, it's a lot more educational, right? And and in terms of a lot more interactive for the for the teacher to be able to communicate the different lessons that are you know required. Or I mean, here we have a, the bones of, of a of a, of a right. dinosaur, but same thing when the children are learning about biology. I mean, you could print you know bones of the body or body parts or structures yeah. just to make it more interactive and interesting in terms of in terms of the learning experience. So I think I think it's a great product to have in schools, and really every school I think should benefit from from three D through three D printing. Yeah, I think that's that's really yeah. neat. And, and I'm really impressed with the quality of the products that are coming out of this. I never expected the the wrench, for example. I just noticed that this is this is articulating too. Like this, yeah, this works yeah. as a toy wrench. Yeah, and it uh, it just prints like actually in one in one go the whole thing. Unreal. Yeah, and it's we've very got uh, something that looks like a phone case. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I just so, clued in that, oh, that's not just cool gears. That's yeah, yeah, you can put your phone in there if you have you an make iPhone. your own phone case. Yeah, so there's lots of models to make phones yeah. or holders for your car for phones. Or, uh, I don't know, you're coaching and you forget your whistle. You can actually print your own whistle. And here we made a fun one, a little whistle that has like three whistles together. Okay. So you can create your own and you can make, here you can blow it. You can make music. <laughs> So you can I've make never thing- seen anything like that. Yeah, you've never seen, right? So I mean, something you put on a store shelf. <laughs> yeah, something That's interesting. Cool. So again, it's like it's a learning experience also for for kids to be able to put things together that maybe didn't didn't exist before. Looking at the product, it's it's moving around here. Um, there's a lot of movement. There's this thing is moving up and down. There's a few wires here. It's it's pretty simple in its design. Yeah, looks fairly robust. What happens if I have problems with the product? What uh, well, we we are offering. We do stand behind the quality of our product, and are offering a twelve month uh, warranty for people. Okay. For our customers, so if they have problems, we we will have a service here locally in in the Toronto area. Okay. So definitely, it's not something where um, you know where where if you know if, if there is an issue, we, we will stand behind the product, and uh, you know are building a, a quality product. So I mean, there are moving parts, but yep. you know, I mean it. it is it user serviceable? Would you say that? Um, you know, there's certain things that are probably user serviceable, other yeah. things less so, and it depends how technical you are. But based- I'm, I'm noticing, for example, there are standard uh, fans for the cooling system. Yeah, that you can pick up at a hardware store. And you would, the but fan ball bearings went out. Yeah, take you, out four screws and put in a new one. You, you could, but I, I wouldn't expect that to happen. Like you don't really, yeah. you shouldn't need to service them too too often. Sure. Yeah, it looks and, fairly robust. Eh? Yeah, and the only the only thing that you need to do is change your filament, as your uh, you know yeah. changing colors, and and the software is set up to make that uh, easy to do. So you basically you know click a button and just follow the steps, and you it just pull it out, put a new one in. Now, this has been printing for, what, about... F- for a few five, minutes, yeah, minutes I don't almost. know. There is, getting there's there. absolutely no aroma coming off this yeah. wall. There's no smoke, there's no yeah. There's no heat apparent. I can't feel no. any heat, I can't sense any heat. No. Uh, but the smell, there's no smell at no, all. No, yeah, no, there That's isn't. Yeah, you won't find any smell in your home. And this is this is the other thing, like, I mean, you mentioned, you know, lasers or whatever. I mean... <laughs> you guys see that? It's almost It's back. coming there, yeah, it's getting there, yeah. Look at that. Yeah, it's kind of neat to see. That's that's the amazing thing, right? You see something created in front of your eyes that yeah. before was just something you couldn't feel or touch, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you have um, 
this is the other thing. I mean, I mean, there's games like Minecraft that are so popular. Yeah. And you know, our our, our kids love them as well. And uh, it's interesting to have everything in space in, in the computer, but you can actually print out like the little house or whatever that you built, and then have <laughs> a physical in, in Minecraft and have a physical there you go uh, realization of it afterward. Yeah. Hmm. So it's very very neat. I think it finished yeah, off. I can that, take it off. <clears throat> it's, it's, <clears throat> yeah, so it's fairly okay. slow. And then Matthew can. No, just but I like it. It's, it's almost it's it's revealing. It's revealing <laughs> itself. Yes. It's so revealing. is it safe for me to touch it? Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah. Is it hot or melty? It's, no, or, no, it won't be. It won't be too hot. It, there's a cooling but fan not, that cools it. It's not it. going to. I'm not nope. going to damage yeah. it or anything. No. Well, okay. you, you, what you have to do is you have to take yeah. this whole tray out. I can oh, take okay. it off. This is the other thing. Is it's kind of stuck to it. Yeah. Some some of the printers. You can have to chisel things off, but here you would just. Um, oh, it's on there pretty good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it has to stay on, so it. Um, just take off some Isn't extraneous cool? hairs and stuff, but there okay, you go. Okay, so, uh, Tom, how can, have we, uh, part. how can we find out more about this uh, this device? Well, I mean, uh, probably the easiest place to go is, is on our website, which is www.poieo3d.com. And uh, there's more information there on the on the site about the product, mm. uh, some other um, details about specifications, and also certainly if interested to buy. So right now we are doing pre-orders through Kickstarter. So if you go into the section that says buy now, it'll it'll direct you into where you can you can get the great deal today. Kickstarter creates this big long URL. What we've done for you at home, uh, just to make it simple to get there: cat5.tv/3dprint. And that's going to take you to the Kickstarter campaign. Okay, now, perfect. if I'm not in the market to buy a 3D printer right now, <laughs> yep. I, I understand the merits of this, the the value of this to the education sector, to uh, to home users, yep. and I want to support what you're doing. How yep. uh, how can I go about that on the Kickstarter campaign? Well, on the Kickstarter campaign, we do have lower lever levels of support, other than purchasing a printer by itself. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's rewards starting anywhere. I think at about uh, you know a few dollars. To and, and for about twenty dollars, you'll get a three D printed part. Oh, cool. And so, th- so there's different levels where people can, uh, you know, start providing support if they do want to just support the whole campaign for us to be able to to bring this into the realization of, of homes and and families uh, around the around the world. Really, very cool. Yeah, I have to raise the question because I know my chat room is is wondering this right now. Yeah, I, I see the software that you're running is on Microsoft Windows. Yes. Is there support or planned support for, <laughs> for Mac? Mac and Linux? Yeah, so there's so so the software once we've uh, once once we have the production model done, yeah. we're we're porting it into Mac as well. Okay, so that's definitely um, that's Any definitely plans there. For Linux support and Linux support um, could be ported into Linux as well. Okay, it's not the immediate plan. But the nice let's, thing... Let's cast our vote right now. But let's cast your vote. Yeah, I'm sure your viewers are probably... I see all the Ubuntu <laughs> stickers everywhere. Um, it's definitely feasible. The other thing is that although we have software that we've built for this, yeah. we haven't locked it down. So there's oh. so there's shareware software that you can use. So is we haven't source available or is it? Yeah, the, the, yeah, it's really? open source. Yeah, okay. so so we haven't locked things up. And there are, there are some companies that, that have done that. Yeah. And again, just for the learning experience and for letting it kind of grow, we don't feel that's the right direction we want to go. Sure. So, so there, there's there's software available for 3D printing in Linux, and you can use it with this printer as well. So you can use your so own software. To Linux yeah, absolutely. In its yeah, state using yeah, other software. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Just open source see, software. Again, looking back at education, yep. 
thinking about colleges, yep. universities that exactly. are doing that kind of thing and, and working with open source technologies. Yep. I think Linux is a, a big player in that. Yeah, so. yep. absolutely. Very cool. Well, I'm speaking with Tom Zelenka and his son Matthew about uh, this this amazing Poio 3D printer. You can check them out on Kickstarter right now. It's cat5.tv slash 3D print. Uh, we printed something here today, uh, and it didn't take too long to do. Uh, we can print much larger objects. Of course, we're limited to time, so we yeah. created something fairly small. But uh, really impressive detail, uh, really cool. I presume you can paint them. And the yeah, you can paint them like the bust. The, like the bust yeah. Very cool. Is there anything else that we can cover tonight that, uh, that you want people to know about your company? Well, I think, uh, you know, I think certainly if there's any questions, I want them to reach out to us. We're definitely open. There's also a Contact Us uh, page there if people have uh, uh, questions that they want to know more about the printer, how to use it, or, or how to get in touch with us. We're, we're definitely open to being responsive and getting back to our potential customers. And uh, just hoping everybody has a you know, great uh, holiday coming up, and hopefully... Uh, we can fulfill some of those uh, wishes with our printer. Sounds great. This is this is really cool. I, I thank you for bringing this into Category 5 TV today. Yeah, thank you very um, much. This is a really neat product, uh, and you guys are based in Toronto, Ontario? <coughs> Correct. No, Rich- Richmond Hill, actually, but yes. Richmond Hill? Okay. Yeah. And when, when are, these, uh, are these available now? Can I get one now if I want it? Well, you can pre-order right now, and we're uh, going into manufacturing in January. Great. So the, the deliveries would be about April. Excellent. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to post all the links for you in the show notes uh, just below here uh, in the comment section on YouTube as well. So if you have any questions, we'll have the links for you there. But don't forget to check out cat5.tv slash 3D print. This is a great looking product. I'm, this is so cool. To It's smaller than a microwave. I don't know if you can really <laughs> grasp the size of this. But there's there's my elbow. There's my fingers. So you know, hold out your arm. That's the size of it. It's nice and small. Nice yeah. and compact. So. It's a good form factor for it fitting. Really is. Even in um, your kid's room, like in the, in the desk, if they have like the overhead True. bookcase, like it Is fits that safe in there. To nice. do? There's no, I, I don't see. No. There's no fans or anything no, going out. No, there's no, nothing. No heat. No. Yeah. Very cool. It doesn't get very hot. So. Final thoughts, Matthew. What are what are your thoughts about this product? What could you see your friends using this for? Well, I could see them using it for maybe printing out stuff they might give to their brother or sister for a present yeah. if they don't have the money to buy it. Or other things like that. Are we going to run into new copyright issues with this kind of thing? Well, you know what? There's there's things like, um, you know, you, you, you can print blocks that are compatible with Lego. On here? Yeah. So it's not necessarily a... <laughs> so you do realize that Lego costs more than this printer. <laughs> I know. It, well, that's, that's the thing. But it's not necessarily to take over Lego, but, you know, the one frustrating thing when I was a kid, and I'm, I'm sure Matthew finds it too, is, is you have that nice Lego set, but there's that one block that you lost that's in the vacuum cleaner somewhere. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> so you can, you know, you can download that one block and print it out, and, and you can actually build that rocket ship or whatever it was. So. Very cool. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see how that, uh, how that comes into play. Uh, certainly the, the custom models and everything are exciting. It's very exciting, yeah. And, and like I said, there's... there's there, there's two ways to get models. One is to build them yourself, like if you know, if, if, if you're a kid, right, hobbyists doing it themselves, or architects, or yeah. whoever else, or designers, or, or even kids. Um, or I mean, there's thousands and thousands of models available, like all of these ones that you've seen here, yeah. except for the for, for the bust, where you know came just downloaded off the internet, oh, yeah. and, and it's all free, right? Very cool. So it's very neat. So people share and and. Uh, 
and, and there's there's great great source of information it's a whole community yeah very cool yeah well thanks again for being here thanks for sharing your product with yeah. us very my pleasure yeah OEO 3d yeah thank you so much for having us thanks sasha off to you in the newsroom wow that is an awesome printer i just can't imagine the things you could do you could make braille nameplates you can make eyeglass frames i love it mm. Now I have added something to my Christmas list. <laughs> but on to the news. It's Tuesday, December 9th, 2014, and here are the stories we're covering this week. The recent Sony Pictures hack attack has revealed a fatal flaw in the company's security practices, storing private information in unprotected Microsoft Excel files. IBM hopes to reuse old laptop batteries to power LED lights in the slums of India. Chipmaker Imagination have unveiled a rival for the Raspberry Pi microcomputer, and it starts shipping next month. And the best of the Bioshock series may be coming to Linux if the Steam database indicator is any indicator. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. This is the story of Operation Christmas Child. To some, it may just be a shoebox. But to millions, it is the start of the greatest journey. Traveling the world, sent with prayer. Shoebox gifts fill the hearts of children from over 100 different countries with hope, faith, and love. It's Tuesday, October 21st, 2014. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories from the Category 5.TV newsroom. The situation surrounding a recent Sony Pictures hack continues to worsen for the studio, with a new batch of documents having been released by the hackers that includes thousands of usernames and passwords. This includes a file directory simply called Password, which includes, according to BuzzFeed, 139 Word documents, Excel spreadsheets, zip files, and PDFs containing thousands of passwords to Sony Pictures' internal computers, social media accounts, and web service accounts. One, one fi file the site found included hundreds of clearly labeled Facebook, MySpace, YouTube, and Twitter usernames and passwords for major motion picture social accounts. Others are for corporate news and research services and more. The hackers, a group calling itself Guardians of Peace, have also released personal information garnered from the attack. That includes the social security numbers of more than 47,000 current and former employees, as well as stars, including Sylvester Stallone, director Judd Apatow, and actress Rebel Wilson, actors, freelancers, and others. According to MarketWatch, an analysis of 33,000 Sony documents by data security consulting firm Identity Finder LLC found personal data, including the salaries and home addresses posted online for people who stopped working at Sony Pictures as far back as 2000 and one who started in 1955. you got to be kidding me. It's insane. That's, that's ridiculous. Could like, you that's... imagine? Uh, like, we're storing personal information about famous actors, celebrities, staff members, thousands upon thousands of them in Excel spreadsheets without passwords. No encryption. Um, yay. We've been over this in the show. I mean, that's bad practice for you at home, let alone a big company like Sony Pictures. Mm -hmm. Get hacked, compromised, all of a sudden. Guess what? Oh, we got a copy of your spreadsheet that has everything? Yeah. This is a story. Really? 
This is a story for Password Box. Yeah, I'll say. (laughs) That hack has once again brought to the spotlight the risk that companies face in the digital age, where highly sensitive corporate and personal information can be stolen, especially when not properly secured. MarketWatch reports that much of the data analyzed by Identity Finder was stored in Microsoft Excel files without password protection. Wow. Jeez, Robbie, you, you have to link them up with password box. I know. I mean, come on. I'm just like this right now. Like, Sony, That's, what are you thinking? I know. Sony, come on. You make good movies, but you're dumb. Here's great technological news. Oh, good. IBM's India-based research team has claimed that an old laptop, uh, that old laptop batteries still have enough life in them to power homes in slums. An IBM study analyzed a sample of discarded batteries and found 70% had enough power to keep an LED light on for more than four hours a day for an entire year. Really? Yeah. Researchers said that using discarded batteries is cheaper than existing power options and also helps deal with the mounting e-waste problem. The concept was trialed in the Indian city of Bangalore this year. And the adapted power packs are expected to prove popular with street vendors who are not on the electrical grid, as well as poor families living in the slums. If the recycled units, which would last a year, are made in sufficiently large volume, researchers estimate the price per unit at just 600 rupees, which is just under 10 US dollars. The researchers are aiming to help the approximately 400 million people in India who are off-grid. That is incredible news. You got that's uh, if I'm hearing you right, a year of light. Yes. From recycled batteries for, for ten dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Batteries that have been discarded as unusable right. for what we use them for would power an LED light bulb for four hours a day for an entire year. And really, I mean after the sun goes down, how long do you need a light bulb for, right? True so enough. it's that's a great advance. That's huh. good. Mm, That's really cool. British chip designer Imagination has produced a bare-bones computer to compete with the Raspberry Pi. Called the Creator CI20, the board has a more powerful processor than the Pi, more memory, and more onboard storage. For its graphics, it uses a version of the Imagination (coughs) chip that is also found inside Apple's iPad tablet. The small computer enters a growing and competitive market with the Raspberry Pi already having sold almost 4 million units. Like its rivals, the C120 can run many different versions of open source operating system Linux and it also can run the latest edition of Google's Android (coughs) mobile operating system. It also has built-in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth for wireless data connections. By contrast, the BeagleBone Black and the Raspberry Pi B Plus devices have only Ethernet connectors built in. Tony King-Smith, a spokesman for Imagination, said the CI20 was aimed at people who wanted a high-performance board for their development projects. The CI20 will cost £50, around $65, and can be ordered now, though the first units will not be sent out until next month. Now, Robbie, I don't know a yeah. lot about Raspberry Pi or CI20, so what would this would be used for in 
well, daily. A, a Raspberry Pi, for example, it's a very, very tiny computer. So this is the, the computer itself, which we're going to be playing with here on the show. We're just working on what projects we're going to do. But, I mean, imagine a self-contained computer that's this big. So it's got everything that you need. And as they say, the Raspberry Pi has Ethernet but no built-in Wi-Fi. So you've got to buy a separate kind of thing in order to have Wi-Fi. But it's a computer. So you can do things like uh, build your own home theater PC. Right. Right? It's got HDMI output so you can do HD video. Uh, You could build... Whatever. I mean, I'm thinking we're going to build a, a web server, for example, just as right. a test run to see how it will perform, do, do, do a fun project. Yeah. Build something that can be mounted on the back of a monitor so you've got a self-contained all-in-one computer. Maybe it's touchscreen and you go through USB and now you've got a controller as well and it right. becomes a kiosk. So it's really down to your creativity uh, what, what you can do with something like this. So mm-hmm. with the new one from Imagination being powered by the same kind of architecture that they use in the iPads, it's going to be pretty fast. I would think the performance would be really quite good. Yeah. And so then you get into maybe, 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 maybe it becomes something that could be used to build, for example, your own video game console that you could create emulators on or something like that because you've got more power, it's more robust, it's got more memory and more storage space, so you've got the ability to do more, just as you would expect. That's incredible, building your own video game console. That would be neat. Speaking gonna, with of the size of it, I could build it into a controller. <laughs> yes. Speaking of people who love video games, Bioshock Infinite is considered the best game in the series and is one of the most acclaimed titles launched in 2013. And by the looks of it, it's coming to Linux. All right. Yeah. Bioshock Infinite features a very interesting storyline, and it was brought to life by one of the characters in the game, Elizabeth. The studio has been praised for implementing a very human interaction between the main character and Elizabeth, which made all the difference for this title. 4K Games has already brought a number of the titles to its catalog, uh, in its catalog to the open source platform, like the Borderlands series, the Civilization series, and even the latest XCOM. It was just a matter of time until some of the other titles would get the same treatment. The Steam database is a record of data describing every Steam game and subscription provided by Valve for the Steam service. Usually, the new entries are first visible in the stream database before they are officially launched, and they should be released on all supported platforms at once. But there is no guarantee that that will actually happen. That said, the Linux version of Bioshock Infinite is listed, so we're very hopeful. That is happy, great news for the Linux world. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the Category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thank you, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Kelsey Jensen. And of course, Category 5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Would you like to get your hands on a limited edition Category 5.tv t-shirt or hoodie yes, um, you notice that uh, last week we said that the campaign was ending well teespring said we can actually print up until this thursday and you'll mm. still get it in time for christmas so uh, go to uh, teespring.com slash category five up until thursday you've got 
to uh, place your order. Now, I'll just make a mention, because of the way that, that the campaign had ended and then restarted, uh, if you had already placed an order with the original campaign, you need to actually go back to teespring.com slash Category 5 and replace your order. And thank you very much for supporting Category 5 Technology TV in that way. Uh, the shirts look great, so you definitely want to get your hands on one if you're a lover, a uh, fan of the show. In the meantime, tonight, I would love to check out some of your viewer uh, comments and questions that have been sent in. I'm going to give Kelsey just a short break here. All right. This first one comes in from Bert. Bert says, uh, I like your show. Thank you, Bert. Says, Robbie, you make me laugh. And then I learn about computers more. All right. That's good. Thanks for the show. I've been watching you guys for over a year now. That's from Bert, a.k.a. Bear55. Bert, thank you very much for sending in your kind comments. Glad we're able to uh, have a fun time with you, make you laugh, make you smile, and uh, also help you to learn about your computer and, uh, and what you can do with it, some of the cool open source technologies that we try to put a focus on as well. I uh, appreciate you sending that in. Thank you, Bert. Question from Phil, a.k.a. the Albuquerque Turkey. Hey, uh, ABQTKY. Call you that for old time's sake. Robbie, thanks for reading my anguished tale of woe earlier this week. Sorry, I should... The inflection is completely wrong. <laughs> Robbie, thank you for reading my anguished tale of woe earlier this week. Fortunately, the weeping and gnashing of teeth here in Albuquerque has abated. All my documents and such are fine. The OS from Zubuntu to Mint 17.1 is also fine. And the minimize, maximize, close doohickeys. To use the technical term, hey, Albuquerque turkey. Eh? They are up on the right-hand side of the window where they're supposed to be. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. See, when companies change the paradigm, doesn't it mess with us? doesn't matter if it's just moving the minimize button to the left, which, you know, I'm fine with that because that's a pretty minimal change. But I don't like the whole paradigm changing when it comes to the desktop. Windows 8, the original release of Windows 8 is the perfect example of that, and that's why our video that Hillary and I made, um, how to make Windows 8 feel, look and feel like Windows 7, why that video is doing so well on YouTube. If you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. Uh, and it's certainly appropriate as people are getting you know, computers for Christmas that have Windows 8.1 on them, and they are, okay, the paradigm, the, the, may not use that term, but they, the desktop, the, the start menu, everything has changed. I don't know where to find anything. So... Change it back. Make it work the way that uh, it's supposed to be, as Albuquerque Turkey says. So, yeah, I hear you there. Okay, during the hours and hours of intense staring at my monitor, I seem to have noticed a couple of things. I seem to have hundreds, if not thousands, of thumbnails. I've got... Uh, download. I have downloaded a lot of photos, but I don't think that I've downloaded that many. It would seem that uh, they are carefully hidden away somewhere, like cache, thumbnails, normal, blah, 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 dot JPG. The file names appear to be generated by the system. I sure didn't choose thousands of random appearing alphanumeric gibberish strings. If I could think up crazy file names like that, I'd use them as passwords. All right. Let's address that for you, Albuquerque Turkey. Okay. Uh, you'll, you'll be happy to hear that this is normal behavior for Linux. And what this shows me 
is that you're starting to play around with the system, find your way around the file system, look at Linux under the hood, which is a good thing. You're, so you're seeing things that, oh, well, why are all those thumbnails there? Why have I got thousands upon thousands of thumbnails? Um, so let me just bring up, uh, I'm going to bring up a folder on my desktop from tonight's show. Sasha, I'll just use the images from the news segment. Uh, so one second here for you, Albuquerque Turkey. Okay. So I've got up on my screen here, if I can find the button, there we go. Here are the pictures that we used in the newsroom tonight. So you'll see that there are nice little thumbnails, and if I change the view size, they go all the way from this size up to there, there, there. And you'll see as I get larger here, Albuquerque Turkey, what do you notice? The thumbnails, even though they are of varying different sizes and they're very good quality at every level. Like, they don't look scaled or they're quite good. That is because Nautilus, the system here that I'm using to... Now, I'm on Point Linux, so it's called Kaja, but it is Nautilus, just kind of renamed because this is a mate-driven operating system. I love saying mate because every time somebody says, It's mate! I say, then put an accent like goo on the E, and then I'll be happy. Until then, I will rebel. Um, so when, when I'm looking at my, my folders like that, so I've browsed, you've downloaded the images, you browse to the folder, and I see all of these thumbnails. It's not actually just scaling the, the full-sized image. So I'm not just getting this picture rescaled as I would when I do you know, this kind of thing with, with this program, right? Zooming in and out. What actually happens there is it creates thumbnails that it stores on your hard drive. Why would Linux do that? That takes up so much space. For every image, I've got 10 images. Well, for one, images are quite small these days, and hard drives are comparatively huge. So it's okay. We've got lots of space to work with, and Linux, as you know, is very good at maintaining things like temp folders, caches. So as Linux detects that, okay, I need to reduce the amount of space used by the thumbnails, it's going to ebb and flow with how much space it uses so that's okay so why does it do it performance you look at a folder that has a thousand images in it and i do this all the time because i take pictures well tonight uh, is a good example we've got a camera right here uh the d5100 i call it the intervalometer because it's got a built-in intervalometer so it takes a picture every 10 seconds so we're sitting here and snap 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 it's taking pictures and then at the end of the night i'm going to go through as i do every week and i pick from those pictures, some of the best pictures, and those become the images that we use for the show. So how do I go through them? Well, it would be a nightmare to, to bring them up. You know, imagine if I had to go like this and say, okay, no, not that one, next, no, not that one, next, oh yeah, let's use that one, right-click, save as, and go through that kind of nightmarish scenario. So the performance of having that many images, um, I end up with uh, probably about... I don't know, a thousand images or so at the end of the night. Somebody's going to do the math and say, no, you're completely wrong. If it's every 10 seconds. Uh, but uh, essentially, I end up with a ton of images. So having the thumbnails perform like lickety split is a good way to do it because then when I'm looking at my folders, it's going to work really, really fast. So don't be concerned about all those thumbnails that you're finding. They're stored there as temporary cache files to improve the performance of your computer when you are browsing for different various images. And it's intelligent. Linux is smart, so it knows what it's doing. Don't be afraid.
don't be afraid. Okay. Back to Albuquerque Turkey says, another thing I saw uh, repeatedly, but I'm not going to admit that during these hours of backups and restores and ancient versions of stuff like ISOs and previous distros. And then we got some Latin. Okay. So you've got Mint, Mint 14, Mint 13, Point Linux, ISO files. You deleted those long ago. They appear in these trash folders in user folder, local, share, trash files. The junk at least has readable file names. Could it be that I am emptying the tr- that emptying the trash doesn't actually remove stuff? Kind of like Gmail or Yahoo Mail. Uh, these items took a long time to back up and restore, so they seem to actually still be on my drive. If the deleted file names are just stubs, how could they take so long to back up or restore? Long enough that they seem to be actual ISO files. They are ISO files. Pardon me. All right. Once again, you're digging into the file system of your Linux machine. I like it. So let's go to home local. So I'm in home slash Robbie slash local. So to you, to get there is something like that. So you type that into your uh, Nautilus or Kaja or whatever you're using. Hit enter. And it's going to take you to this folder the same thing as what I had typed up there. So go into share, go into trash, and then you see files. Well, how come I've got files here? Right. So if I actually delete something, it's going to put it here. But why is that happening? Again, Linux is being intelligent for us, and it's keeping user trash bins separated from one another. So if I am logged in as Robbie, my trash is different from somebody logged in as Kelsey. So, uh, you know, if you log in as Albuquerque Turkey, well, your trash is going to be different than the other users on your system. So if you empty your trash as root, say, for example, or as another user, maybe you're not logging in as root, maybe you're using another user on the system, it's not going to clear the trash in this one. So the files remain. And these are not pointers to the files. These are actual files. So this is this is Sasha's desk that I created and deleted. And so those files, unless you empty each user's trash bin, you're going to still have those files residing on your computer. It's as simple as that. So, um, so you need to empty the trash for that user as well. And root has its own trash. And again, it just keeps things separated. It keeps it performing well. And it gives you access to your own trash bin when you log in. So it's actually a good thing. Okay. Thanks, Albuquerque Turkey. Uh, one final question from Albuquerque Turkey says, this one's probably for your daughter. Where did the, t- uh, the toads, the little frogs, whatever they are, where do those little, little critters from uh, just outside Studio D, right out this door here, where do they go in the winter? I have no idea. So who better to answer your question? By the way, thank you for watching Category 5's Backstage Pass series on uh, the build of Studio D. Obviously, you were paying attention. Uh, Who better to answer that question than Tally? Thank you for sending in such an interesting question, Albuquerque Turkey. Uh, And I think I might have the answer. Um, I'm sorry if I said your name wrong. During the cold... Winter months, the frog, a frog sleeps underground. During the warmer months, he stores up as much fat as it can to survive the wintry weather. 
when the frog gets the cold chill, it digs into the mud and sleeps there when all winter long. Thank you for watching Backstage Pass. Okay, uh, we don't have a lot of time left, but just checking out our uh, Twitter feed, uh, go to uh, twitter.com slash category5tv. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you send us some posts uh, to our attention. Last week we had some audio issues as we introduced new software and we're trying to get through some audio issues. We actually yes. created new ones. Um, you at home didn't notice that unless you were watching live because we uh, we actually restarted the show. It was that bad. But you'll see that some of our Twitter followers had made mention of it. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Category5TV. Make sure you send us messages to our attention, and they may get featured on the show as well. Um, also, just making mention that uh, we are now on Wirecast 6 from uh, category uh, cat5.tv slash Wirecast. Ooh. Make sure you check out that cool software. It performs fantastically well. I was talking to Telestream this week just to let them know that uh, the new software is wonderful. So we're very excited to be showing you that over the course of the next few weeks. Next week, we've got um, Hillary Rumble going to be here in studio with us. Uh, and also, we are giving away these Vive alkaline water pitchers. And let's see. Whiskey Zero said, I tried finding Vive on the internet, and it was tough finding it in Google. Well, there's the spelling for you. It's V-Y-V, so V-Y-V-Water.ca. Go there. You'll see the bullet list at the right-hand side of uh, about the product. Tell me the third bullet point. Email it to contest at category5.tv along with your shipping address so that if you win that, uh, we're going to be able to send it to you. It's, it's a uh, water alkalizer, water filter. It uh, adjusts the pH level of the water. So it's basically like drinking a sports drink without the calories, without the sugar. And it's just it's water, but it's mm -hmm. been improved through alkalinity and, and uh, adjusted pH. So you definitely want to check that them out. Vivewater.ca. That. One final mention, as I know we're short on time, uh, Rachel Shu is a co-host here on Category 5 who stops in once in a while. Mm -hmm. She's not a, a regular co-host, but she no. fills in and, and uh, is uh, part of the show family. And uh, her, along with my wife, Becca, they have written a book called The Attic. And uh, I promised you that I would let you know when this has come to print because we actually did a little bit of the, uh, the publication here on the show at Category oh. 5. So that's what it ended up looking like. Uh, it's ready to go. You can get it on Amazon, uh, whatever your Amazon is, whether you go to .com.ca, .co.uk, make sure you pick up a copy of The Attic. Mm -hmm. Or you can also go to our shop if you want to buy it through us and uh, support the show. It still go through Amazon, uh, but uh, you go to shop.category5.tv, and then you'll be supporting the show when you buy it. It's also available for Kindle. If you've got Ooh. a Kindle or if you're getting one for Christmas, make sure you pick up a copy of The Attic by Rachel Shu and Becca Ferguson. So what's it about? Well, you can read the synopsis itself on our website, on Amazon as well, but basically consider gothic, uh, gothic mansion, a lot of mystery, a lot of fantasy, and uh, a lot of, hey, what's, what is going on here? What is lurking in the attic, the room that everyone keeps Lily Klein from entering? Here's an excerpt for you. Imagine the scene is uh, in this gothic mansion, okay? Lily approached the portrait of her grandfather and stood studying it once more. The bottom right-hand corner of the molded frame caught her eye this time. 
It was shinier than the rest of it, as though the dust had been rubbed off by a finger. Or was it just the way the sunlight was hitting it or a trick of the eye? Heartbeat picking up a notch, she reached out and touched her fingertips to the shiny edge of the frame, pressing into it. A swish sounded and cold air moved over her right side. She pivoted toward the draft. A tall opening had appeared in the wall, a twisted stairway beyond it. Heart beating wildly now, she stepped through toward the unlit room. Check it out. Go to shop.category5.tv to get a copy of The Attic, written by our very own Rachel Shue and Becca Ferguson. It's all the time we have, isn't it? Yes, I think so. Can't believe it, folks. Time flies. Really, uh, it was a lot of fun having Tom Zelenka and his son Matthew here from Poeo 3D. Thanks for being here on the show. Thanks for showing us your incredible product. And make sure, don't forget, go check out their campaign. See if you can throw $20, $40 in the pot to help support this thing. Or if you're in the market for a 3D printer, that is an available option for you as well. You can pre-order, and they will be shipping next year. Uh, That is cat5.tv slash 3D print. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thanks, Kelsey. Thank you. I know it was kind of all interview tonight, so we didn't get to say much, but I uh, uh, really appreciate having you here. And Adam, thank you for being here. Sasha, as always, have a wonderful week, everybody. See ya. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.